0: Hiya, Bob. Hello there. How are you doing? I'm alright. Much better. Good, good. You fighting fit? Fighting fit? What does that mean? Fighting fit? (laughs) Am I fighting someone who's fit? It means you're well. Okay. Can I fight someone who's fit? Am I fit? Yeah. Okay. Well, I don't want you to fight me though. Maybe you can play fit. What about wrestle? Uh, Let's take that offline. (laughs) You know, like in the Olympics, you know, that wrestling where they get one in all fours and the other one just stands behind them or kneels behind them, which looks like they're doing doggy style, but it's like the starting position of the wrestling. It is quite homoerotic, isn't it, the wrestling? (laughs) Quite? It's a lot homoerotic. Do you know what? We should have got we should have applied for tickets for the commonwealth games for wrestling did we not no we didn't so the commonwealth games are coming to birmingham which is just down the road from us next year and because we're in the kind of catchment area of the region we could apply for priority tickets and we went really gay didn't we rugby yeah rhythm gymnastics we've applied for well the thing is i can when it, when it comes to gymnastics i i, I like them I, I like to see them doing pirouettes more than just jumping. And the other one we have applied for is beach volleyball. Beach volleyball, again, yeah. And obviously the opening and closing ceremony. Opening and closing. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, hello everybody. Welcome back to Bearback. My name is Ben. And I'm Benka. And we are your Warwickshire based bear couple, Warwickshire being the historic county in England where Shakespeare was from. So what's Bearback all about, Bab? As we always say, we are two bears. What's a bear? a bear is a homosexual 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 i used to have a i used to have a history lecture at university and whenever we said homosexual and he said no but we did a module on um the decriminalization of homosexuality in the 1960s and he every time he said homosexual he said homosexual and now every time anybody says homosexual i just think of this professor going homosexual should I be offended? Like, is he mocking my accent even without knowing me? I think he was from, like, Kent or somewhere like that. I don't know. I okay. wouldn't worry about it. Okay. So, going back to the original question. We are two bears. With <gasps> homosexuals. Homosexuals. On the, what, plus size, are, are we called? Uh, on the yeah, plus size. Yeah, I think we can say that we're, <laughs> we're plus size. I'm happy with that. Plus size. Plus sized. More to love. Mm, yeah, more to graph. And we're looking back into our lives, our cultures, because, of course, I am Argentinian, the best. And I'm British, also the best. Probably better. Mm, debatable. So, we're looking back on our lives, our cultures, our places of origin, and our lives together as a multi-continental couple. Oh, I like that sounds like a really really great breakfast well it doesn't really because we're continental we're not a cooked breakfast are we yeah but we're multi-continental that's like where you get a croissant and a bacon sandwich at the same time Mm, yeah that is true it's a good combo that's pretty amazing isn't it yeah maybe you can get a a bacon sandwich using the croissant as the breads oh my god i think somebody's probably already done that yeah, and I think it might be a, a little bit of fat overload, but considering that we are fat, an overload always comes well. I was in the uh, capital city yesterday, that there, London, and they were advertising this no meat bacon everywhere, and it's called It's Not Bacon. That's the product, it's called It's Not Bacon. Yes, because we're free now. What? We're free. Free of what? Of quarantine. Yes, we are! Yeah, so, sorry, sorry, yeah, we should have probably talked about that at the start of the episode. We are officially COVID-free. I mean, we were COVID-free last week. Technically, we weren't contagious. And that's why I said at the start, we're fighting fit. Yeah, and to be honest, our quarantine technically finished last week. Well, it depends. It depends when people are listening to this and when we recorded it. There's a, there's a lot of things at play here. Okay, so from the moment this episode airs... Mm -hmm. we've been free for a whole week. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we have, haven't we? We have. We absolutely have. And it feels great. Your cough is pretty much gone now. Yeah. And I think the tiredness has pretty much subsided. I mean, it's now to the point where I'm not sure whether I'm tired just because it's been a rough week or or because of the remnants of COVID. So if you've been listening the past couple of weeks thank you for sticking with us and I have to say thank you for all your messages as well we had some lovely messages from people who were just concerned about our welfare we are fine we've got through it and we're here but you know if you do want to get in touch with the show we are at bearback pod on Twitter we are at Bearback podcast on int- on Instagram just search for us on Facebook bearback two words b-e-a-r first word second word back b-a-c-k yeah so it's bear spelled like a roar bear rather than no glove no love Uh, yeah exactly (laughs) (laughs) or you can write us an email our address is bearbackpodcast at gmail.com and you know if you do send us an email remember that you will be emailing in to the 95th most popular comedy podcast in hong kong I mean, that's an achievement, isn't it? Remember when we were the third-ranked comedy podcast in Cyprus? Yeah, but I mean, I, I suppose Cyprus, it's probably bigger than Hong Kong, but less people. Also, fun fact, well, not really fun fact, just a fact, we are 217th in the Chilean Apple podcast charts. Hi, Chile. That's your neighbour, isn't it? Yeah, it's our neighbour. Back in, our old, uh, in old Argentinian. In, back in old. Back in. Uh, back in old Argentina. I mean, you're a little bit. All over the place today, Bob. Are you sure you're feeling fine? Oh, I'm absolutely fine. Tina's been back on, by the way. Oh, we love Tina. Yeah, I think Tina is slowly working her way to being a kind of... Are we having her like a a third co-host? Well, I think definitely correspondent level. So what has Tina said? Well, if you remember, Tina was basically telling us all about scissors last week and we had all the stuff around... Scissors, not scissoring. (laughs) Yeah. Scissors, not scissoring. And she talked about the auto-antonyms, if that's even how you pronounce it, and the plural. Basically, she was like, here for the linguistics chat last week. Tina's been back in touch. She's loved the podcast, My Moment of Fame, uh, Love Heart Emoji. Uh, Tap dancing is not exactly cool, but it's much better than, for example, Irish dancing. Hmm, I don't know. Do we have any Irish listeners to pitch in into this debate? Tap dancing and Irish dancing, which one's cooler? You know, there's only one way to find out. Mm, Indeed. Have a battle. To be honest, yeah, but I'll, I'll give you my guess. Probably none of them are cool. But she does say when you start tap dancing to the bus stop every morning, as in me, she will invest in a house on our street and binoculars. But... I think the main reason that Tina got in touch was she's not only our linguistics expert, she's now our Tongan expert as well. She says, um, because we talked about the oiled up Olympian... Olympian. Very, very, uh, very fit. He's definitely fighting fit. I'm very, very oiled. Very, very oiled. And she says, Dancing is really important in Polynesian culture and pretty much part of any get-together. For Tongan dancing, people are always oiled up and whilst they dance, as in perform, not like in a disco setting, she says, their family and friends also come onto the stage and stick money on them because it sticks to the oil. She says, It's not a sex thing, it's just showing appreciation. And they stay on stage and dance next to the performer. I mean, how well does does one and two pence coins stick to skin? Because that's pretty much all I'd get. But the thing is, as well, I can understand why it's not a sexual thing, in terms that you wouldn't even be able to touch it. It's like you want to touch it and you slip away. But the money sticks. But the money sticks. The thing, the thing with me with the oil is that it was so much. I, and again, I'm a sustainability professional, so I was, <laughs> all I could think of was, is that palm oil? Is that oil sustainable? Is it responsibly sourced? Because it was a lot. You kind of hope so. It's the Olympics. Yeah, and and all the medals are made of recycled materials. It's, it's all very uh, environmentally friendly. So I would presume, I want to assume that Tongan's flag bearer body was oiled sustainably. Interestingly, also this week, we also had our, well, nearly had our first ever podcast injury. What do you mean podcast injury? Well, Felix has been on. He says... Hi, Felix. Hi, Felix. Wait, say say it in Spanish. Felix. Not Felix. 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 Felix has been on. Um, He said, I literally almost had a major ball shaving accident from the Gabby Sabatini sound effect when you did her voice... Whoa! ...when she plays tennis. And he says, I should have known better than to be handling sharps when listening to you two. Oh, that's, I mean, that's really sweet, given he's uh, almost a personal injury. So I hope your chunk is all right, Felix. Sending our best to your balls. Yes, (laughs) sending our best to your balls. Um, And he was laughing about balls, because obviously Gabby was a... A tennis player. Well, still is a tennis player. Is she retired? Yeah, she's retired. I think she still is a tennis player. You're always a tennis player, aren't you? Exactly. You could could say that she's always a tennis player. Mm Mm-hmm. When, uh, yeah, it's a very, very sweet comment from Felix, isn't it? What what do you like to do down there, just out of interest? Other than touch? <laughs> I mean, obviously he was doing a bit of manscaping while he was listening to the podcast. Yeah, That's what I'm getting at. Okay, so you want to know if i manscape? Well, I know, but yeah. I'm trying to ask because I'm trying to... <laughs> I want to divulge that information for the listener's sake. Oh, yeah, yeah. We're pretending that you haven't been, like, up close and personal. <laughs> With the area. <coughs> oh, no, never. I'm a, I'm a virgin, Bab. Oh, I'm holier than thou. Okay, so your definition of virgin... I I don't think your ears are virgin, Bab. <laughs> what does that mean to me? I mean, if we... The only thing I insert into my ears is a cotton bud now and again. And they're what? even... You can't really get them anymore. But how do you define your ear virginity? I mean, something has gone in. What, sound? Yeah, no, and the Q-tip and then... Okay, so you're not you're not an ear virgin. <laughs> I love a bit of um, oral sex. Cause it's oral, and oral, like for here. What when you hear something, aura? Yeah, I don't think that. That was a shit joke, wasn't it? I don't know if it was a a shit joke. Because you have oral, and that's through the mouth, and then in the ear, it's oral as well, but it's spelt differently. I I know what you mean. I just don't think... It's a podcast. It's not a written thing, unless you see it... I I think it's a joke that is better for print. Well, maybe I'll print it out and put it on our Instagram page. Okay, (laughs) you do that. But, yeah, so when it comes to manscaping, I manscape. I probably don't do it as often as I should. And the reason for that is that in my adult life, I find it quite difficult to add things to my normal hygiene routine. I find that I want to do things more often, but I find it really hard to add those things into my routine. So I'm a very stubborn person. I have my routine and it's really, really difficult for me to change it. So I do Manscaped. I don't go to like zero. I don't go bald. I I mean, I, I like something there, but I do like it short. Like Brazilian. What's uh, To be fair, I haven't, I've never seen a Brazilian wax in a lady, so I don't know what that is supposed to look like. Do you know what? I've got no idea why right, that. I'm saying it like I know. Is Brazilian when you have the little landing strip? I thought Brazilian was kind of like naked. Or is that Not the Californian? Is that when you have the little stamp? When it looks like a little postage stamp? I don't know, but we had two gay men. Why are we talking about um, shaving pubic, female pubic areas? And this one where it kind of looks like a moustache, is that the Alaskan? Or am I am I making that up? I hope you're making that up. <laughs> I really do. So yeah, I'm. I, I like it in short. I'm. I do like in myself a relatively smooth ballsack. Mm. So I'm kind of like I. If you consider the pubic hair over your penis as like the head hair, if you like, <laughs> I like to have it short there. Okay. But I have it like really, really uh, trimmed on the side mm-hmm. because you know that's fashion. And then is it? Uh, I, I, yeah, you see everyone nowadays. All the people' haircuts are all like really, really short on the sides. And yeah, but I longer. don't, I don't think hair, hair fashion really influences what goes on downstairs. But to me, it does. So I like it. Although you know, Marilyn Monroe was actually a redhead, and she used to dye her. You know, a whacker, The hair's down there. Why are we going back to vagina? <laughs> why, why do you have a vagina fixation today? Because, I tell you why I've been talking about vaginas a lot, because the vagina museum that we went to in London is under threat of closure. A friend of mine sent me through something from Instagram. They're looking for a new premises. Okay, still doesn't justify why you're talking about so intimately about vaginas. We had a great time at the Vagina Museum. You had a great time at the Vagina I Museum. I love the Vagina Museum. The Mythbusters section was brilliant. And I got um, a bottle opener from the gift shop. Mm, yeah, and again, the bottle opener. I'm not sure whether that's supposed to, that drawing is supposed to be a vagina or whether it's supposed to be like a flower or it's supposed, what it's supposed to be. It's artistic. It's to love the vagina. But remember, I'm a golden gay. I don't know how things look down there. Well, I don't either. And that's why I found it fascinating going to the Vagina Museum in London. Well, I don't know. Are you becoming bisexual? Uh <laughs> no, I, <don't laughs> I mean, this had an interest in vaginas. Well, I'd like to go to the penis museum, but that's in Iceland. Well, let's go to Iceland. I've never been to Iceland. Okay, we'll go to what, what literally just to go to the penis museum. Well, not just. I mean Iceland is a beautiful country by uh, from what I know. so why not both? What, go and see the geysers and then some cocks. Um, I think they have like penises from like most different animals. Yeah, so in, don't get me wrong. I've, animal penises, yeah, okay. I'm, I'm interested in, I'm interested in the human penis. Well, I'm not sure if they have a human penis because I remember watching a documentary. It's on, I think it's on Netflix. It's called The Final Member, and it's about two people who are wanting to donate their penis to the penis museum to be the first male to be in the museum, and you've got a local Icelandic man who, a bit of a player in his time. Yeah, I think, I mean, it's probably been with every woman in Iceland because there's not that many people in Iceland. And then you have this kind of brash American guy who also wants to donate his penis. But it's kind of a race against time because it's like, do they wait until they pass away? Or do they give it while they're still alive? Oh, that sounds painful. If I remember correctly, one of them was quite old and I don't think he was still sexually active. But I mean, he'd still need to pee. Yeah, and 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 the thing is, I I very much respect the process that transgender people um, go through, particularly male-to-female uh, transgender people that undergo a surgery to remove their male genitalia. But I don't know, I'm I'm too attached to mine. <laughs> I mean, you don't see it, but I'm, I'm kind of cupping it at the moment because I, I kind of feel that even talking about the idea of removing it, it makes me feel like it needs petting or, you know, like, oh, come down, come down, and nothing's going to happen to you. <laughs> well, you go and have a little quiet talk in the corner with your penis. Indeed. <laughs> So if a couple of weeks ago, it was the so-called Freedom Day for most people in England when most of the restrictions around COVID were lifted in terms of you know, no more social distancing, nightclubs open. I suppose last week for us was Freedom Week because it was the first time that we were able to go out after a pretty rough couple of weeks and then probably another week after that getting... Back to normal. Yeah, we already got sympathy from our listeners, so stop fishing for it. <laughs> <laughs> but needless to say, we were really, really busy last week, and a lot of really weird and interesting things happened. I suppose the first thing for me to say is that we had our second vaccination. Indeed, we have a case and case <laughs> vaccination appointment. Absolutely. I mean, it was amazing because the first time we got vaccinated with our first jab, you're a little bit older than me so you got to go a week before which worked to our advantage because the place that we went to has an amazing farm shop so we basically had like double pasties we had pasties one week and then pasties when I went but we were really lucky this time that we just basically had it done at the community center that's round the corner from our house and we had a his and his appointment and when I tell people this they're like no no, no it didn't happen like that but literally she lined us both up and we were jabbed one after another. It was literally like, shot in Ben hat, shot in Ben. So when we went in, uh, and she called you in, you went, you sit down. I kind of stayed back, saying, well, he's, she's going to do like one at a time. Uh, so I stayed back, waiting to be called. And basically she said, oh, no, no, come here, come here. I'll do you both at the same time. And I said, oh, wow. So we were sitting next to each other. Very romantic. It was actually quite romantic that we had that, shared experience together but they didn't have any stickers which really really annoyed me. I know I got a sticker from my first dose but you didn't get a sticker in neither of your doses yeah so no one will know that I've been vaccinated because I didn't have a sticker and if you don't have a sticker it ain't happening hashtag first word problem but we had a massive treat the pharmacist who was working there just comes out into the hall that we were in and said what song do you want to get vaxxed to I was like what was like oh i've had this playlist on all morning and i don't really know what to play and um ben was coming up with suggestions of songs that we both liked and things like that and i said you know what if we're gonna get vaccinated we need a bit of britney we need toxic because we're getting the toxins you know i don't know there was some kind of weird a relationship between vaccines and toxic yeah there was kind of a weird health link there but and and it, he did, he put on Toxic and we sat there, we got jabbed to a bit of Britney and we sat in the waiting area before we left. Yeah, because they make you sit for 10 minutes in case, you know, you fall over or something like that. But and it was like a whole Britney, uh, Britney playlist that yeah. he's put that started with Toxic whilst we were getting jabbed. And then we had Hit Me Baby One More Time. And what else did we have? So could we do a parallel between Hit Me Baby One More Time and the second dose? You know, because it's one more time. It hit me with the vaccine <laughs> no. uh, one more time. Or oh, She's So Lucky? No, she's so lucky. Well, yeah, but we didn't hear She's So Lucky. We didn't, didn't we? No, I mean, that's that's probably, uh, it probably was, not one of her most well known songs, is it? Amongst it, the general population. I think amongst the gays, though, they love a bit Lucky. Yeah, but it was sort of like a dance playlist for Britney, wasn't it? So I told my friend Tom about her, he's big into his music, and I told him that, you know, we got vaxed Britney. And he sent me this, which is a coronavirus playlist. Hit me with some of them. So, number one, Staying Alive by Bee Gees. Okay. Thinking about social distancing, you've got the police, don't stand so close to me. Okay, that's a good one. Um, <laughs> don't stand, don't stand. Don't sing anymore because we'll have to pay rights. Yeah, but it's singing. If I if we sing it, it's not a problem with rights, is it? Yeah, but Sting's got enough money. Wow. Tiffany, I think we're alone now. So what's the connection with that? Is that sort of like an isolation tune? I guess it must be, yeah. We're isolated at home, so I think we're alone now. Or maybe... I was thinking on a lot more darker terms, but let's not go there. Were you thinking about having a date with COVID? No, like, literally, there's no one left on the Earth. Uh (laughs) I think we're alone now. I mean, you've seen too many apocalyptic films, haven't you? Yeah. There's a couple of versions of I Will Survive. We've got the cake version, but obviously the Gloria Gaynor version. I do like the cake version. Highway to Hell, ACDC. I mean, talk about sort of apocalyptic. Highway to Hell is a little bit of you're on your way out. Obviously, there's Fever by Peggy Lee. You give me fever. Ah, okay. Fever. Which is followed up by The Cure by Lady Gaga. <laughs> <laughs> and stronger, open brackets, what doesn't kill you, close brackets, Kelly Clarkson. So there you are. That's on Spotify if you want to find it. Uh, I mean... coronavirus playlist. Spotify is not paying us, remember? And it's by Kimberly Tucker Kutnick. I mean, these people are not paying us to advertise their products. No, but... Doesn't matter. I'm, I'm, I'm just giving a shout out to Kimberly. I mean, let people pay us. So, from our second vaccination, we then went to being part time ornithologists. <laughs> wow. I think that's a little bit of an overstatement, isn't it? I mean, when you say, oh, we became like part time ornithologists, you mean we sort of looked after a neighbor's birds? Yeah. Uh, Our neighbour went away for the week, and we were put in charge of looking after their birds. Kiki. Kiki. And Austin. And Austin. I mean, do you have any idea what kind of birds they are? Because I don't have a clue. The thing is, if if I would say uh, Austin is a parrot... Yeah. So that's as much as my ornithological knowledge... We're any, we're any part-time ornithologists, oh, yeah. so it's fine. Part-time. Yeah, part-time. You, you're kind of in the right ball pool. When we're full-time ornithologists, we'll yeah. know like the Latin names and, and the kind of breeds and stuff like that. But for now, parrot yeah. is fine. And Kiki is kind of like smaller parrot? Like a budgie. But isn't it, it, does the budgie have like the pick like the parrot? Um, I, d- I don't know. I don't really usually get that close to it. I mean, I have to say, Austin terrified me. He's like a dinosaur. Like, he's huge. You can, When you meet Austin, you can see how the dinosaurs morphed and evolved into birds. because he, And he's huge, and he's not even fully grown. And he was terrified of me, which you probably think makes me feel better, but actually it made me a bit more nervous around him. Let us say as well that when it comes to parrots and the sizes, actually, Austin is quite small. No way. Yes, it is. You're just being a little bit dramatic, Bab. I think he's probably about a metre tall. No, he's not. He's probably about 20 centimetres tall. From head to feather, he's From head to feather, he's probably 30 centimetres. No, he was loads bigger than that. And he has this black beady eye, because they look at you from the side, so you only have to see one... You only ever see one eye at a time. And it was this, this kind of like black EDI, BDI that like followed you around the room, like, do, 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 do. like, nah. No. To be fair, he was fine. He just does nothing, isn't he? He just sat there and watched you change his water and put his food and his seeds, and that was it. He didn't do anything. Mm. But I think you really bonded with Kiki. I mean, the thing with Kiki is that she's more, um, oh, what's the word? Um... God, I actually lost the word. And to be honest, I lost the word both in Spanish and in English. Oh, dear. Brivable? <laughs> yeah, I, sp- I know what you mean. Malleable. So, uh, basically, what happens with with Kiki is that you give her a ad or, um, or a grape. She loves grape. She loves a grape. So, you can get her to stand on your fingers. And once you've done that a couple of times then she's going to grow in confidence in you so you can go a little bit sort of closer and without food just get it to stand on your finger or to stand on your shoulder I mean and the thing is if I were you know my stance with pets I mean don't get me wrong I love Chobe but if I'm going to pay for someone's food they might as well like wag their tail and, or make a fuss when I'm there and Kiki does that and Kiki does that Russell Austin doesn't. No. And of course, Jova doesn't. No, Jova doesn't do anything. I probably didn't bond with Kiki as much as you did. I I found her a bit annoying when she flew because it was quite unpredictable. I like pets that are predictable. She kind of flew and it's like, are you going to fly into my head? Are you going to fly on the floor? Are you going to fly behind a painting? So basically you're saying you don't like birds. Because no bird flies predictable. I wouldn't say i dislike birds i just think i like them when they're in the sky and they're far away and they're doing their thing up you know yonder way. but i think when they're a bit closer to me it's that unpredictability and i suppose it, it's not just birds it's like any kind of animal that is unpredictable in a way like an insect you know it's kind of like when you've got eight legs you can go in any direction i don't know which way you're going to go and i and i think that's what makes me a bit nervous about them so what about the blackbird that comes to our garden every oh, day the- do you like that one? Oh, the black. Do you know, out of all the birds, I love a sparrow. I think sparrows are the cutest things in the world. I, now, a sparrow, I would quite happily have as a pet. Like, do you remember that woman in America that we saw, and she adopted a par- um, and she adopted a sparrow, and it like followed around the house and sat on her shoulder while she was doing work, and then a boyfriend came round, and it got quite defensive. Well, but Kiki would do that, would she? Well, yeah, she stands on your shoulder and everything. Mm. Yeah, but she's not, she, she's not a sparrow. But after a sparrow, my next favorite bird is probably the blackbird. And we do we, we're really blessed with this little blackbird for whatever reason. It wants to come to our garden every night, same time, same time every day, and it's by by himself or herself by themselves. And it doesn't seem. I don't know. I don't know what it does. I don't know if it's picking like things to to build his nest, or or what is it that he does. But he comes every day at the same time. He doesn't really interact with us. And, of course, Chobo is lazy, so Chobby just looks at him. <laughs> but doesn't do anything otherwise. Just looks. But you can kind of almost tame blackbirds. I mean, not not tame them, like, you can't get them to do like chores and things for you. But my granddad, who, as you know... Chores, we... do you want the blackbird to go and buy milk for you? If he could. But my grandfather, who, as you know, we call Bumper... He used to hand feed raisins to a blackbird in his garden. And well, maybe we should try to feed this one. Or should we get some raisins? Problem is, if we buy some raisins, you'll eat them before we <laughs> chuck them outside for the bird. I'm sorry, but I still fail to find a negative to that. Why? What's negative about that? You say it as if there's a problem. What's the problem? Well, there's no problem, but if we're going to buy raisins for a blackbird, let's keep the raisins for a blackbird. And obviously, you know I won't touch them because I don't do dried fruit, because it makes me gag. Yeah, you're weird. The last time I had dried fruit was when I was in Slovakia, and I I was really badly constipated, like really, really badly. And obviously, I didn't know what the word for... (laughs) Anti-constipation pills. Yeah, was in um, Slovakian. So, they have Tesco over in the Czech Republic and Slovakia. Tesco's quite big out there. Supermarket chain for anyone who's not in the UK or Slovakia, apparently. Oh, and they have it in Thailand as well. Okay. Mm. And they, in, in Oman, long story, when my dad worked in Oman, they used to have Jesco, but they got into trouble because obviously it was just Tesco, but with a J in the front. Anyway, and I was really badly constipated and I knew that prunes were really good, that prunes are a really good way to relieve constipation. So, you didn't know the word for poo pills but you knew the word for prunes well I knew what they looked like on the shelf so I could just pick it off the shelf I literally had to cut them into the tiniest like literally cut them into a fine sand and then just then ate them well I didn't eat them I kind of drank them with with a a liter of water that that's how much I cannot stand dried fruit it just makes me gag really really badly it made me gag yeah, because the next day, I tell you what, it did really sort me out because the next day we went to a restaurant and I remember I had soup in a bowl, but the bowl was made of bread. Okay. So it was like literally a whole soup inside a bowl of bread. Yeah, but that doesn't answer my question. Did it work? Well, did yeah, you be- pull? Po- yeah, I mean, obviously I did and then I had a nice meal. Oh, I didn't know what the soup had. <laughs> <anything> <laughs> well, to no- with nothing, it. but I was just saying, yes, it cleared me out and then I went and had a really nice meal that I remembered. And and it's it's funny because like my mum loves she loves her her dry fruits and things like that. But you know what? I love dry fruit in my panettone. Oh no! See, that's just making me feel a bit ill thinking about panettone. Oh, I love panettone. I would eat if if it were available in the supermarkets. I would eat panettone all year round. I don't see it as a Christmas food. For me, it's an all year round food. I love it, but I hate it with chocolate chips. Just because chocolate chips, the chocolate just masks the flavour of the panettone. So it just doesn't make sense. Mm, I think even with chocolate in, though, I'm not that keen. Dry fruits. Dry fruits. All the way. Yeah. Well, while um, you eat the dried fruits, I'll be picking them out. Mm, Okay. Give them to me. (laughs) (laughs) Or we can feed it to the blackbird. (laughs) So, yeah. So, So you've got the blackbird. And then at the end of this week, we went all the way down to Cornwall, well, Devon and Cornwall, to be with our friend um, who had a baby boy last year. And it was his naming ceremony this weekend, which was absolutely wonderful. And we got to meet all her family and a lot of her friends who we'd never met before. It was really nice, wasn't it? Um, and we just kind of had a had a flying visit. But um, yeah, if you've never been to that part of the world um, and you're thinking of coming to the UK on holiday, Devon and Cornwall are stunning 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 is that an accent from there are you doing like a Cornwall <laughs> no, accent no that's like a northern accent um, can I do a Cornish accent it's like alright my lover or is that is that Somerset uh, I have no idea um, you're asking the wrong person yeah. well I, uh, do you know what I'm going to save face because I don't want to offend probably a, a, a yeah, proportion just, of our listenership so we'll just leave it there but live it at that. I'm sure it's like you alright my lover just live it at that I think <laughs> it's best okay <laughs> Um, but on the Saturday morning, so we we stayed over Friday and Saturday night and um, we got up on Saturday morning quite early and we didn't have to be at the ceremony in Cornwall until the afternoon. So we decided to take a drive from our hotel through Dartmoor National Park, which was just gorgeous. Yeah, it is lovely and you have wild horses it's like it's like wild ponies as well yeah although i did read when we came back that they do technically have owners i think it's like you know in india when they let the cows roam around the streets and you know they cause traffic jams and things like that mm-hmm. those cows are technically owned by someone okay. and i think they i mean i think in india the cows like a cat they go home in the evening but i think the the ponies are designed to withstand the weather. Okay, thank you for ruining that fantasy. You could have just said, oh yes, they're wild horses. Well, but, they are. I mean, you could have just lived it at that. Well, I mean, I did ruin another... <laughs> we, were, <laughs> we were driving through this beautiful town in the in, across Dartmoor and I was, there was this huge building and Ben said, what's that? And I said, oh, it's probably um, an old cotton mill or some kind of textile factory. It was a prison. <laughs> To be fair, it was a nice prison. <laughs> it was a beautiful prison, Princetown. The building looked really nice, and I would have believed you if you would have said, J- again, just leave it at that. Say, oh, it must be an old cotton mill or something. But I tell you what, I mean, as beautiful as it would be to live there, some of the roads down there... Oh, I hate the roads there. The problem is, is that the satnav nav doesn't... So the that recognises the roads based on the, uh, on the max speed available. And these roads, literally, the max speed is 95 kilometres an hour, so 60 miles an hour. But they are literally just one car. if One car, and on the sides, you don't even have a hard shoulder or anything. So you can't really overpass. If you find yourself in front of another car, you can have to, one of you have to reverse until there's a little bit of a clearing where you can put your mirrors, you can fold your mirrors and then very, very slowly pass each other because otherwise you have like tall grass or tall plants on the sides. It's absolutely awful. I hate it. But like some of the people we met at the party, they were saying like literally a legitimate excuse for anything in in that part of the world is, oh yeah, I was stuck behind a tractor. It's not like in Warwickshire where we live, where you say, oh, you get stuck behind a tractor, but it's like, well, why do not you just overtake it? Like literally down there, you can't. And, And somebody was telling me that one day they were stuck behind a tractor, then a combine harvester, then a horse and cart. And it's just like, you know, yeah, I'm not having that. I'm too impatient for that. No. but we did get to the end of the national park, and we found our destination, which was Buckfast Abbey. Buckfast Abbey. Yeah, we went monk searching. Went searching for the monks. Yeah, but then we we suddenly realised that we are we went to visit like the most capitalist monks ever. Well, the real reason why we went to Buckfast Abbey is because of the drink. Yeah, so Buckfast the drink and it's basically a fortified it's a tonic wine it's a fortified wine with added caffeine and it's been made by the monks for many many years i want to say hundreds of years but it's probably like a hundred years or something and the monks make it there and they sell it and the drink is very cheap and people can get very very drunk very quickly from it and it's awful it tastes awful and the worst part is that the more you drink it throughout the night the worse it gets it's just awful it's absolutely awful i'm th- i was fascinated by the fact that this drink is still made today by monks in rural devon and i really wanted to find out more about it but there was literally nothing mentioned about the drink other than a few bottles in the gift shop yeah you could buy it but they wouldn't talk about it they, would they? well i asked the lady in the gift shop and i said where is it made? And she said, over there. And she just kind of like pointed in some like random direction. And she was like, yes, it's not in the public domain of the uh, of the Abbey. And I think the thing is that there's an embarrassment about this drink because obviously it brings in a lot of money for the Abbey, but it's linked particularly in Scotland to antisocial behaviour because it is very cheap and you can get drunk very, very quickly on it. And in fact, I know, because I did a little bit of research that the Abbey actually pay for a support worker in Scotland, presumably to discourage people from drinking Bookfast. Would you think that it's a huge expense for a monk? Abbey to uh, to take, but how much money did they make out of backfast last year? Eight point eight million pounds. See, I'm sorry, but don't get me wrong. You can tell that it's invested on the site as well because the 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 Abbey looks pristine. It looks very, uh, the whole grounds looks very well taken care of. But eight point eight million pounds. Well, I think that was the thing, wasn't it? When we were walking around the main church, which again, absolutely stunning beautiful beautiful building and nowadays they, they've they got they've got rid of the um donation boxes now it's all chip and pin like just swipe here and donate five pounds straight away and I was like if you're bringing in 8.8 million pounds you should year, be yeah you should be donating to me <laughs> you don't need my five pound and they had a gift shop and they had a book shop and a music shop and a candle shop there was a, so, and an art fair as well I'm sure I'm assuming sure they get a cut from that so it's quite a little tasty business they've got going on. I mean literally with the book fast, I know. Um or oh, not literally, if you don't like the taste of it. It, it, it tastes a little bit like how can I describe book fast Crab. <laughs> it's like it's like cherry Coke, but with the aftertaste of like a really strong sherry. And it kind of burns your mouth. For me it tastes you know when you have a Turkish coffee? Uh, yeah Imagine if you licked the bottom of it With all of the <laughs> dirt the the, rim, the the slurry of it That's oh, that what it tasted disgusting. like Disgusting Oh my god, I feel sick Yeah, so instead of being made in Bug for Savvy It should be made in crapstone. Oh yes Yeah, that was another place that we visited at the weekend um, Near where we stayed again by our accommodation, there was a, could you call it a village, a hamlet? Yeah, it's a village. Called Crapstone. So obviously we stopped by the sign and had a mini photo shoot. And that guy in a van drove past and he was like, what are these guys doing? And we were like, uh, it's Crapstone. Obviously we're going to have a photo shoot here. Of course. And to be fair, I suppose that they must be used to it. It has to be like a popular tourist destination. Go and take a photo with the sign that says Crapstone. <laughs> <laughs> but we posted pictures of it on the Instagram page so you can go and see it at bareback podcast and somebody messaged us and said that they were born from around there so it's a very small world a very small podcast world i oh know that's nice yeah. it's crap stuff. <laughs> and we also and we finished the the weekend we um after the party the day after we went to to plymouth for the day not keen what what should be with Plymouth? I thought it was really nice. I really liked it. I mean, to be fair, the thing about Plymouth, round by the waterfront, there's a beautiful area called the Barbican, which is absolutely stunning, and it's got I think it's got more cobbled streets than any other place in the UK, and it's it's just really pretty. And you've got the Mayflower Steps there, which is obviously where the Pilgrims departed on the Mayflower to go to to the New World, uh, to America. And it was, I just thought it was stunning around there. And I get that the main town, the main sort of city centre, just away from the Barbican, very much was bombed in the Second World War. And it was kind of rebuilt quite hastily. So it's kind of got that kind of 60s brutalist aesthetic. But I think it just makes it a more interesting place. Yeah, but that's because you're weird and your taste in cities is weird. Now, don't get me wrong, again, Waterfront, really pretty cobblestones do you know by the way why sort of seaside towns have cobblestone roads is this a fun fact yeah this is a fun fact because cobblestone used to be used as a weight for when the ships went empty so if you imagine your ship in the olden days it wouldn't go full both ways so it wouldn't be taking uh, things both way so it would go to deliver something and then in order to come back it couldn't come back empty because it would, like, tip in balance or whatever. So they would fill it with cobblestones and then they would empty the cobblestones in Plymouth. So literally somebody's job, job was d- to put stones in a ship. Yeah. A and, pretty boring job. And that's why seaside towns, a lot of them, historically have found cobblestone roads. Because they, what do you do with that permanent influx of influx of cobblestone that you have no use for? So they use them for routes. Wow, you learn something new every day, don't you? Hashtag fun fact. But also, as well, then we went to the most self-absorbed museum ever. What the box? Yeah. So we went to the box in Plymouth, which I think is a weird name for a museum. I mean, it's—I think it's called the box because it was a, a an old historic building, and then they covered it in a a glass box. Yeah. Know. But anyway, we went we went to we went to the box, which is in Plymouth, and is a museum about Plymouth. And what's wrong with that? You're in Plymouth. It's a little bit self-absorbed, isn't it? It's a little bit, it looked like a little bit selfish. And also, it was just random things that just happened to, to be connected somehow with Plymouth. So you go and see a woolly mammoth in one room, and then in the opposite room, you have a, a, an Egyptian sarcophagus. And next to the Egyptian sarcophagus, you had a Japanese kimono. Yeah, because that was all about all the all the great journeys that had uh, that had come out of Plymouth and that people had gone to explore from all different parts of the world. And the journeys all began in Plymouth. Blah blah blah. It was random and it was self absorbed in Plymouth. So I'm sorry, if we went to the museum in Rosario oh actually we did and it was closed. Yeah, but it was an art museum. It wasn't any no. There was the there was the museum of Rosario in the park, and it was clo- and that museum was all about why Rosario was founded. So there was probably something about the Virgin Mary statue, like falling off the cart and then getting back up again, or whatever. But we couldn't go to that museum because it was closed. At least Plymouth Museum was open. Mm, it probably shouldn't have. <laughs> Well, I thought it was absolutely fantastic. I thought they did it really, really well. I thought the audiovisual displays were absolutely fantastic. Eight out of ten. That's my trip advisor score. Four out of ten. No, I. I do you know what? I didn't even. I probably. I think if we'd have had more time and we'd have gone to the, the the temporary exhibitions, I'd probably give it a nine. You saw a woolly mammoth. Yeah. Next to a bunch of butterflies. Yeah, because it was the natural history section. And have you ever been to a provincial British? museum before evidently not but after this one i'm not keen sorry what what can i say I'm because not... if you go to a city it's like not... you go to york and you go to the york museum you want to learn about york you don't want to learn about some random town like 20 miles down the road but if i want to learn about york i walk through york yeah but on the side of a building it doesn't give you all the history yes you do you have the blue plaques you have the historical plaques yeah, but it's not it's not in context is it Look, at the end of the day, we've gone to plenty of museums together. We haven't really always seen eye-to-eye in terms of the type of museums that we like, have we? No, I mean, to be honest, I pretty much love any museum. It's like, am I going to learn something yet? This one, which is not my cup of tea. Okay. Right, so what are we talking about today? Uh, We have been talking for like an hour. Oh my gosh, oh, we have as well. Oh, well, I ain't got time now. I mean, what, do you have places to go? <laughs> um, what am I doing now? Um, I mean, I do technically have time. <laughs> but I'm also conscious of the listener. They've probably been listening now for an hour and they've, they've probably got stuff to do. Errands to run, meals to cook, people to see, places to go. So basically we filled our listeners' time with random things that happened to us in the past two weeks. Stuff, basically. Stuff. So for the past... Almost hour. if if our listeners ever wanted to get into the intricacies of our day-to-day conversations, then here you go. It's our gift to you. You're welcome. Oh, do you know what? There was another thing that happened this week that I haven't <laughs> had a chance to talk about. Did we leave something out in the, this whole conversation? <laughs> well, as I said, I, I went to that there London mm-hmm. yesterday uh, for work and um, had a lovely day, and on the way back, on the train, sat in the same carriage as me, was National Radio 1 DJ, Scott Mills. Okay. (laughs) You don't seem that impressed. He's like a National Radio DJ. I don't know who he is. He's been, like, famous forever. I mean, he does... I mean, he does TV as well. He was on Strictly Come Dancing. Never seen it. He does a bit of side presenting on uh, Eurovision. Mm, Just seen it this year for the first time and he wasn't there. Um, Well, he's quite a big deal. Anyway. Which national radio is he on? BBC Radio 1. Oh, God. Are we going to have that conversation where you still think you're in with the kids and you're a BBC 1 listener? You're not a BBC 1, Radio 1 listener, Bob. You're a Radio 2 listener. I am a BBC Radio One listener. No, you're not. What's your who's your favourite rapper? Dave. Dave. Dave is your favourite rapper. Yeah, love Dave. <laughs> you love Dave. Love Dave. <laughs> Tell me two Dave songs. Um, track one and track two. <laughs> <laughs> Radio 2 listener there. I'm not. I'm not committing to Radio Two yet. I'm too young. Anyway, I met. <laughs> You're not too young. Can You're I talk old. about Scott Mills, please? No, because there are people who listen to this who think I love Scott Mills and I grew up with him and I know a lot about him and they want to know the Scott Mills the story. The Scott Mills story. They're not interested in the fact that I'm too cool. You just not. You just don't want to acknowledge your age. So go ahead. Talk about <laughs> Scott Mills, you old chap you old chap <laughs> I like I wear yeah. a flat cap and, yeah. and, and, and smoke a pipe um, so yeah so I went to the I went to get a drink from the kiosk uh, and that's when I noticed him because he was sat a little bit further than me on the train first of all I was flummoxed that he was travelling standard wasn't were, were you not on first class? well I, I never travel first class so he wasn't on first class either no I was saying he was in standard okay cheap but then I, I did think about it afterwards and I thought, well maybe if he's travelling for BBC purposes, obviously it's the British Broadcasting Corporation, it's taxpayers funded. So they wouldn't pay for F class. No, no. Okay. So he was probably on official BBC duty. That's that's my kind of deducing skills as a um a, detective. Cele- a celebrity detective. Okay. But basically, for some reason, he had a suitcase in the middle of the aisle that was kind of partially blocking the aisle. Um, maybe he didn't want to lose sight of it. Maybe he had important things inside. Maybe he had the whole of BBC Radio 1 inside that suitcase. What, and all the DJs as well? <laughs> don't You don't know, do you? It's <laughs> weird sometimes. So I had to, like, squeeze past that. And in doing so, I kind of had to brush past him. So I went, sorry. And he looked me in the eye and went, Sorry. And I was like, well, there we are. Met Scott Mills, basically. So I went to the kiosk and got a drink. And I said to the guy who was working at the kiosk, I said, "Um, do you listen to radio? And he said, yeah, yeah, I do. Odd question to ask. Why? And I said, because BBC Radio 1 Scott Mills is uh, sat in the carriage that I've just come out of. He went, oh, Really? Anyway, I came back and had to do the whole thing again, where I had to squeeze past the suitcase and say sorry. Well, I so I had two conversations with Scott Mills. Um, and then I went and sat back down. And literally, ten seconds later, the guy from the kiosk comes, like, walking around, like, looking from side to side. I was like, oh, God, could you be more obvious? Like, I've blatantly just outed myself as, like, a celebrity findee or something. you <laughs> Scott Mills grumpy. But he looked really well. He was very tanned. Um, and he was having a very animated chat with uh, a chap next to him. So, I, I, wherever you were going to, um, Scott, I hope you got there safely. And yeah, it was great to share those two words with you. I mean, I don't know you, but good to know that you are in good health. I, I don't know, are we doing this? Are we talking like, are we talking directly <laughs> to a, a Radio 1 presenter? Well, you know, we are the 95th most listened to comedy podcast in Hong Kong. So who knows? But I, I have to say, uh, he came to my uni and performed a gig. Uh, he DJed at my uni and it was a really, really tough night for me because I, I just got dumped. So... Um, okay. Weird tangent. Yeah. So uh, it brought back a lot of memories when I saw Scott Mills. Okay, so bad cousin Scott Mills. Bad Scott Mills No, 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 no bring no, no, bad no. memories no, 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 to No, 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 no. No, because actually... Um, I got dumped, and then I went to see Scott Mills. Had a few drinks, really got into the party vibe, and forgot about the ex-boyfriend. Um, it was like, no, I, I new new me. Okay, new me. Thank you, Scott Mills, for your past work. He's <laughs> glad to see that you are tan and in good health. <laughs> And all the best to you. And I think this is probably the right time for us to um, retire for the week. Yes, let's please say goodbye already. (laughs) Bye. Bye.